Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, hello everybody and welcome this week to the Tech Cat Show. Um, We just all got back from the NAB show, and I hope that all of you were listening to us. We were live broadcasting from the floor, and it was fantastic. We had great panels all week long, um, basically on the future of media entertainment and content and interviewing a lot of thought leaders. And uh, one of the folks that I ran into um, at the show and uh, was very much looking forward to interviewing there was Danny Fishman. Um, And Danny is a colleague of mine. Um, Our worlds have been intersecting for I think a long, a long time, right, Danny? Yes, indeed. I'm I'm trying to figure out how many years back is probably some iMedia summit, <laughs> <laughs> like some event somewhere. Yeah, but Danny is now running a company called the Chameleon Collective, and Danny's one of those folks that understands all the different pieces of the ecosystem and how it comes together, and he basically makes business happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll let him explain how he does that. So let's have a big Tech Cat welcome for Danny Fishman. Woohoo! <laughs> wow, the studio audience is going mad for you. Mad for you, absolutely. Mad. <laughs> so, so tell us, tell us about what you're doing. So basically, Chameleon Collective is a global advisory practice, and work with companies of all different stages that satisfy either innovation or in- interesting or moving sort of tech forward. Uh, you know, kind of the background on it is, you know, longtime entrepreneur in the digital media space, dealing a lot with brands, agencies, media companies, publishers, studios, etc. And a couple of years ago, we really started seeing a significant disconnect in the marketplace. I saw great hunger and thirst for innovation on the part of these big companies, but then in turn, them continuing to do business with the same big players over and over. Well, I saw a lot of really up-and-coming companies or even established companies that might have new innovative products or services or anything else that were getting overlooked because sometimes these companies didn't really understand where they fit within the market. Sometimes they didn't have the right materials, story, um, team, and everything else. And sometimes it came down to access and realized that we could really satisfy a major disconnect there between you know the companies and vendors, if you will, that are really you know going to the next level and building the next level of innovation in this industry, and those major media companies and brands and agencies that again, have a million people knocking on their door on a daily basis and really didn't have an opportunity to best filter through those. So we were able to establish ourselves as sort of a curator of innovation. So long and short, we really see bringing value to both sides of the equation, helping these companies with everything from strategy to market segmentation, story materials, um, even team building, and on the other side, helping these companies really find the most interesting, innovative companies. And then you know, there's a big Israel component to what we're doing as well. One of my partners, Lou Kerner, who's a VC, is exclusively focused on companies founded by Israelis and started going over there a couple of years ago and seeing incredible opportunities there. All those companies dealing with some of those challenges that I mentioned and, you know, even more additional challenges based on distance, language, culture, legal, all that other good stuff. So Israel became a huge, huge component of our business as well. And of course, uh, Israel has that reputation for being like, you know, the technology leader. Now, but prior to Chameleon Collective, you had formed your own similar advisory firm, or at least similar in concept, um, called Accelerate. And so what was the jump over to Chameleon? So Accelerate, it's funny, the lane in which I'm swimming in is still very much the same. The motivation to part to build partnership with Chameleon was all about scalability. You know, Accelerate, we were doing really good things and playing within a very specific lane within sort of the overall digital media ecosystem. Now having, you know, 20 plus partners who are all verticalized discipline experts from everything from retail and e-commerce to marketing and visual storytelling to programmatic video 
it allows me as I'm sort of scanning the market and seeing more and more great companies to provide services that might not fall directly within my lane. But, you know, I have partners that can help those and combine that overall impact of the incredible people that I'm in business with. I now have the luxury of from an active standpoint, there really is a company that we can't get to in, in the space, but also in turn really being able to offer a very comprehensive set of solutions for these companies while bringing a lot of value on the other side when we talk about that curator angle. Uh, and I love what you're talking about because so so much of helping companies innovate or operationalizing their innovation is about scale, and it's about um, it's about figuring out how to bring this to companies at scale because otherwise it's just something you're doing that month, right? And that yeah. and that's what I found was the biggest problem. Um, when I went independent and I would um, go in a similar vein, uh, more on the bringing partners to to big brands and agencies, but and even and even media companies, but they would they would invest in this for a couple of months and then they would be done. And it's not something that's a one time thing, right? And so, can you talk a little bit about how you help companies sort of operationalize this? Yeah, well, absolutely, and it's interesting. So you know, we're really dealing with companies of all stages and phases. But again, the, the overarching theme of high growth and innovation. You know, it's it's funny because a lot of companies want to come in, and initially their first reaction is, "We just need to get into the room. We just need to get into the room, and then we have the opportunity there." And I have to say to them, oftentimes. I can get you into the room and God forbid the other person on the opposite side of that desk says, yes, you're going to have a whole um, slew of trouble. So it's really about educating these companies about really the entire process, how important it is that when they're, you know, when they're in that room, when they're really going to market, that they have everything from the basic sort of operational communication process within. And we've done a lot of help on reorganizing companies and helping that to making sure that they actually have the proper platforms and external partnerships to, to support any deal flow that they might drive and opportunities that might grow within. So, you know, it's, it's really about looking at the company. I hate to use the term holistically because it's so annoying and overused. <laughs> the matter is, you really have to figure how all of these things play into each other. And that's one of the mistakes that I see over and over. The company just, you know, they launch a product, they think they're ready for market and not realizing how everything is really intertwined together. So it's going in, helping with the strategy, figuring out what type of operational infrastructure and support that they need, figuring out, you know, the best slash worst case scenario if you know, a major partner wants to build a scaled partnership, that they can actually support that infrastructurally, both from a technological standpoint, from a systematic um, you know, process standpoint, and from an overall human resources standpoint, and as well as making sure they have the external partnerships and infrastructure as well. And I just see over and over, companies miss a lot. You know, miss, miss the pieces. pieces yeah. Well, we're going to um, take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to um, dig in a little deeper to this. You know, how do you even evaluate a company? Because so many of us are so excited when we get a client, but the truth is in this space, you need to find the right client that can really use your help and that you can then take to the next level. And then, you know, how do you, how do you help, um, you know, match make them to, to the right solutions. Um, and I think it would be fun to talk a little bit more about Israel because it's such an um, interesting and complex marketplace. So we're going to be back in a moment on the TechCat show with the fabulous Danny Fishman over at Chameleon Collective, who is basically, I think, you know, reinventing how companies launch in the digital media ecosystem. Is that a big enough job for you? <laughs> uh, just, just try, just try it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back in a minute.
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. We're back talking to the fabulous Danny Fishman, who's a partner over at Chameleon Collective. And Danny is part of a, a group of folks that really understands all aspects of the digital media ecosystem. And part of what he's doing at Chameleon Collective is connecting the dots and helping companies really launch in this world, um, but potentially companies that have been around a long time also not get disrupted. And so it's really about um, an interesting mixture of, of being almost like the Sherpa um, in the digital media ecosystem. So how do you, Danny, evaluate a company and then decide what they need? Because, you know, there could be a hundred things a company needs, but also how do you pick the right client? You know? Well, that's and it, it's funny because that's something that we have even an additional challenge with in the, the sort of curation side of the business because it's it's you know it's hard enough to just find the right clients and the ones that need help with just you know overall growth and strategy and everything else. But I also have to you know we have to focus on picking winners that are actually going to. Um, keep that positive impact in the room. You know, as we're tasked with you know, curating innovation, we need to stay true to that. You know, what what sucks sometimes is the companies that are you know want to pay you the most money and the the most sort of eager to work with you are the ones that you can help the least. And sad to say, have to pass up on a lot of those opportunities. And I have I have some partners that can help on the rehab side of companies and the development side and everything else. But when I'm talking about the sort of true curation um, side of the business, especially that results in connectivity in the marketplace, it's really about, number one, always look at people first. Um, That is a huge, huge component. I will bet on people over product or technology or platform any day of the week. So start looking at the leadership of the company, um, how how well they understand culture. That is a very big component. I'm, I'm the biggest believer that culture makes or breaks a company and really finding the CEOs and the leadership that understand that. And in turn, even if the ones that don't fully understand that, the ones that understand and have the self-awareness of what they don't know and are willingness to, um, in turn, be trained accordingly. That's, you know, that is a huge component of it. And then it's looking at, you know, what, where their product or platform or content or whatever the nature of the specific company is, what the true current and future market opportunity for that company is, what the competitive set looks like, what their differentiated value proposition um, is. And that value proposition can be, you know, it's funny because one of the questions that you're, you're always asked over and over, especially when you're sitting down with brands and agencies, is, you know, what's the differentiation and how are you different? And it's okay to not have every single aspect of your business be completely differentiated. You know, you want to have a company that has, you know, for a company to have sustainable market fit, there's going to be other companies like them in the marketplace as well. Um, and in turn, you know, you, you, you're always looking for some sort of technological or platform or audience differentiation, but it also very much comes down to, again, the people factor in that and the execution on that. And again, I'm, 
I'm lucky enough to have some pretty genius partners who are able to look at these cover the through various lenses yeah. from everything. You know, my partner, Lou, um, obviously on the VC side, we have the VC angle. We're able to look at things from a marketing angle and all those other aspects, but also um, having the luxury of the relationships in the marketplace and the generosity of some of, you know, some of our friends in the marketplace who are on the side of brands, agencies, media companies, and whoever else, who will give us the gift of time in helping us evaluate these companies and looking at marketplace fit. Uh, you know, it's, well, let me we ask really, you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Danny, um, just, yeah. just to land the plane a little bit. Is there a particular category of business right now that you are the most interested in or that you think has the most value or, or is it more like whoever comes across your plate or are, are there trends in marketing or in tech right now that you are solely focused on? Yeah, so, that's, it's so it's funny because one of the questions when I'm having a general meeting with uh, you know, a company that we would want to bring these companies to, one of the biggest, one of the first and foremost questions that I ask of them is what areas of innovation are they being tasked with? And the answer is, you know, everybody has the same set of answers. It's AR, VR, it's AI, it's chatbots, it's all of that other good stuff. And, you know, it's important for us to make sure we stay on the pulse of that and are looking at those sort of forward companies. But then there's the other component of it where the companies that can help these businesses do their, you know, execute on a lot of the stuff that has great volume today. And that's the evolution of video. That's the evolution of social, social distribution platforms, all that other good stuff. So I wouldn't say that there is one or two sort of specific categories as much as it is listening to the marketplace, asking what, what they are looking for and need both today and tomorrow. And again, a lot of that is, you know, some of the terms that you hear over and over, like the, some of the types of companies that I just said, but it's also companies that are taking the current models and evolving them as well. What about when you mention culture, what are there particular aspects of culture that's, that you think, okay, this company gets it? You know, when you when you walk in there and you see, you know, what are some of the things that you think a culture must have? One is, does the leadership recognize the value of their team? You know, so often you see companies that have product arrogance, say anybody can sell this or any, anything else and not understanding that the team is the most key component to the success of their business. So yeah. first and foremost um, is one the you know the folks that recognize that you know, that they have the right people in place, but also the value of those people. Um, I would say first and foremost on the culture front, that is by far and away the the most important. But also that they're actually incentivizing people the right way, and not, that doesn't just mean that they're incentivizing people financially. One of the most amazing things, and this is, blows my mind, how often this is missed by CEOs and other leaders of companies, of how much you can take care of and motivate people by little, the little things that aren't the dollars and cents things, the things that show appreciation, the things that actually show that you care about them and that you're not just you know, obviously every company is relatively speaking for profit, but that does, that's not the only thing that matters. And, you know, and that's one of the big things, too, and I think this kind of goes hand in hand with that, is what is the purpose of the company initially? You know, it, it's funny that when I hear the word... Now, what, now when, when, what do you mean by, when you say that, When what do you mean by the purpose? Do you mean their mission or their, like, the, what the product is? The, their mission. It's, okay. And if their mission is exit strategy, I always look the other way and move on. It's it, and I say that is you look at the biggest and greatest companies out there today, right? Google, Facebook, Apple. Of course, those companies were built for as for-profit companies, but those companies were not built with an exit strategy. Those companies were built with a vision. So that's a big component of the conversation because when you have somebody who's looking at vision, a lot of those other things fall um, naturally into place. And, the, and when you talk about an exit 
strategy to me, an exit strategy is like a suicide note. You're basically uh. saying, this is the day that I want my company to die. And you know, an analogy that I make with a lot of folks when I'm talking about them is you know, in, being in school. There's a couple of different types of students. There's the students that, you know, and some of them are gifted enough to still cram and pass the exam, but, you know, that are just there focused on passing the exams versus the ones that are actually there, there to learn the course. And it's that mentality of we're there to build something great. We're not focused on just cramming for the exam. We're focused on building the best business possible or the best knowledge base possible. And then... Once that exam comes, whether it be in the form of a pop quiz, a final exam, or anything else, they'll be able to pass any of that with flying colors because they've built something sustainable. I just, you know, I see over and over a lot of these businesses that are built, they make a lot of shortcuts. They, you know, they're just trying to show a bunch of, you know, crap top line revenue <laughs> versus yeah. actually building something that is long term and sustainable. Again, that if you build the right business, if you ever want to exit it, you will have people in line for that, where if yeah. you're building just for an exit strategy, you're kind of rolling dice on a very limited and short-term window. It's like um, looking at work as art, right, and not just as income um, and really being passionate and focused on it. I, I talk a lot about getting like a chief people officer or someone who really is responsible, to your point, about you know, creating an environment that's supportive and growth-oriented and interesting, especially for the younger folks coming up these days who have sort of a different different needs. And I'm not just going to say millennials because it's even after millennials. I think millennials uh, it, get a bad rap, by the way. Yeah, no, I, 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 I do. I think so. Really I think so, rap. too. Yeah, no, I, I think I think so too. I think just because they work differently doesn't mean it's bad. But my question to you is um, a company like an Uber, who I think is in such need of a people officer, <laughs> you know, like to me, that that is classic. It, you know, all the mistakes that they're making, all the issues that they're having are really about having an advocate on the HR side and HR not just for benefits, but strategy around how you're treating your employees and how you're building the company. Well, I think you just nailed the, the, on the head when you said strategy, actually having an HR strategy. Um, and again, most companies certainly do not have an HR strategy. They have an HR person that is there to do one of two things, to help with benefits and the onboarding materials, or help with the firing people and versus, you know, HR folks that are really inclined and motivated to um, have strategic direction to actually build the proper environment. But it also, you know, you, culture is also something that you cannot fake. Um, you see companies over and over trying to do it with sort of after-the-fact empty gestures it's got to be part of an overall company mission versus, you know, random acts of fake kindness. <laughs> I, to I totally get that. Well, we're going to take, take a break again. And when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the trends bubbling up in the, in the marketing technology space and ad tech space and where you think agencies are leaning into now, what you think is really stuff to be looking out for because obviously you're you're hearing and seeing everything. So we'd love to hear your perspective on like what is going to be tomorrow's new buzzword. Then <laughs> <laughs> get inside the head of Danny Fishman. Um, so we've been chatting with Danny over at Chameleon Collective who is an advisor to uh, media companies, tech companies, brands, helping them understand how to navigate the digital ecosystem. And we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? 
From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hello, everybody, and we are back. And now we're getting into one of my favorite uh, times in the show, which is to to pick the brain of our um, of our brilliant guest. <laughs> um, what are some of the tech trends? ad tech, martech trends and business trends that, that you think are interesting. And especially for you, Danny, who literally for a living looks at everything. What, what are some of the hot trends right now? Yeah. Well, it's funny. One of the things I've been very lucky to get exposure to some of the most amazing technologies I've ever seen. And I, sadly, some of the, some of the stuff that I can't even, you know, I don't have the right sort of firm or, or group to, to handle. I mean, I just, we just were at the 3D nanotech printing lab at Hebrew University, and I saw the most mind-blowing things I've ever seen, just from a you know from a micro and macro level. Um, but sadly, you know, sadly, I, I'm not necessarily in the right position to help those companies. But I, I, I feel very fortunate and lucky that I get some of that exposure. But we're talking about sort of within digital media at large, AI, um, you know. Obviously, biggest buzzwords and you know, people, machine learning, AI, whatever the hell you want to call it. The fact of the matter is that is quickly and immediately changing the landscape. Um, and it's funny because as you look at how, what that means and how that evolved, you know, I've seen some really interesting companies out there like Albert, which is an AI platform for media campaign buying and optimization. You know, I, I looked at that one as. Uh, uh, a lot of the agencies initially look at a company like that as a threat and then in turn realize what a true opportunity is. It it is meaning that a lot of the sort of traditional services that some of the agencies have provided, um, especially when it comes to media campaign buying and optimization ends up being taken over by machine much more efficiently, quickly and effectively than a human being can do it. But to me, you know, I, I see people at agencies fear things like that when the reality is what it's going to do is optimize the agencies to do the things that they really are amazing at, which is things like strategy and creative development, all of that other stuff. So it, it's funny. I just see different trends around that where people, you know, every, everybody likes to declare the agencies dead and over and over, Right. Sort of the agency's dead, long live the agency. Right, right, it's about right. about right. evolution, and I think AI is one of those. VR, obviously, another one. Um, VR is an interesting category right now. You know, I think from... Well, we talk about a, that a, a lot here because um, we've interviewed different people in the ecosystem at VR, and certainly at NAB, at the NAB show, the National Association of Broadcasters, um, VR took over a huge pavilion this year. Um, but I also have a lot of friends, and maybe you can jump in on this, who say that a lot of money is being burned in VR and a lot of those companies won't be around tomorrow. So who do you think is going to, like, really live, you know? Well, one, first of all, 100%. I mean, it's, it's funny because I look at it like, you know, the video trend from 10 years ago in the digital space where, you know, in the short term, everybody overestimated it and people built nonsensical production companies and distribution and everything else. And part of the reason that the digital video landscape is so messed up right now and there's God knows how many middlemen a single piece of inventory touches before it actually gets from publisher to, um, to consumer. But, uh, but the fact of the matter is in the VR space, I think the same thing you're seeing that sort of gold rush and, too many companies jump into the equation where there's not necessarily the scalability on the back end where, you know, every brand and agency wants to activate in, in VR, but it's still a very finite offering at this point. 
but on an overall basis, that is a trend that is not just going to change media, but is going to change the world as we know it. Uh, it's, I think, you know, VR excites the hell out of me and also scares the hell out of me at the same uh-huh. time. When you, well, when what, you're scares about, you? what scares you about it? What scares me is somebody who, who enjoys the natural environment. Think about as you, as time goes on in VR, I'm talking 20, 50, even 100 years down the road, where you're suddenly, you know, we're, when we're truly talking about matrix-type technology and you have a choice to go out and live in a, you know, in the natural world where things can go wrong and everything else or in a VR environment where you can create an environment that the natural world, no matter how much you want to believe, just can't compete with that experience and that environment. And, you know, it's amazing. You know, we saw a box in people's living rooms change the landscape and suddenly people didn't leave their living rooms watching a little 13-inch box. That evolved into color. That evolved into video games that, you know, talk about the most simplistic video games out there, things like Pong and Pac-Man. And you see how addicted people get to that stuff. And then video games have become more and more addictive and, you know, encompassing. You're now talking about an entire world-encompassing environment that people will dive into. And I'm just scared that they won't dive out of it. Uh, you know, you, you see a passive or semi-active engagement environment of like a video game. Now you talk where you're fully diving into it. You're talking about Ready, Ready Player One, which is the, the book that Spielberg's making the movie on where people literally lose, lose their lives to VR and immersive yeah. environments, right? Um, and what, what other trends are you seeing that you think are interesting? Because AI and VR comes up a lot. Everybody is super excited about those. Is there anything else that, that's really turning you on right now? I mean, again, the, the chatbots, um, and that's that partially AI-driven, but again, removing a lot of the human nature, human component nature of that and creating sort of a virtual, um, you know, virtual companion, virtual environment, virtual person or people that you're talking to. I mean, other, you know, other sort of trends are more optimizing on some of the current stuff. And it's funny because I think one thing we get overly caught up with in this industry is focusing too much on what's next versus how we can optimize what exists today. Oh, what a great point. I love that. You look at the video marketplace landscape right now, it's it's totally convoluted, totally broken, totally filled with fraud, sad to say. I mean, that's, that's another thing. I don't want to go on too much of a tangent with that, but... I look, I look at the the online video marketplace right now, right? Everyone's still complaining about why television is, you know, 80-plus billion-dollar industry where online video pales in comparison. And sad to say, it's the fact of the matter is that we're dealing with an industry that has an acceptable amount of fraud. I mean, what right, other right. industry do you, do you know where they say, oh, yeah, we'll, tell you, we'll accept, um, you know, anything lower than 20% fraud. Um, you know, think about what, what other industry has that level of acceptance. Like, think about finance. If you say, oh, you know, well, we accept 20%. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of, plenty of fraud that goes on in that. But uh, a defined and labeled acceptable level of fraud, to me, is completely unacceptable. So I'm seeing a lot of companies come into play now that are really focusing on cleaning that inventory up, making sure that you're talking about real, real viewership and real engagement. And you know, my my dear friend who passed away last year, the late great Ari Blumen, who ran Digital Investment Group M, you know, he did some things, um, you know, about viewability standards and everything else that is really forcing the industry now to adapt and clean that environment up. So, again, it's, some of it's, again, more of those cutting-edge technologies. Some of it's more finding the most direct and way to clean scrub and remove a lot of the middle components um, that have been built just based on a gold rush and, you know, optimizing that and then adding the other data layers and targeting layers and all of that good stuff. So you really start being able to, with a video, have a one-to-one engagement with a consumer. 
So you're really so talking it's, about it's, it's combining a couple creative. of trends. What do you think? You know, you, you're talking about combining a couple of trends here, um, which, which I love, which is obviously the data and media layer on top of the video trend and sort of really looking at MarTech and AdTech together, um, which, is kind, which is just what's happening. But, you know, it's so funny because people take jobs that are in one category, but really the space is all kind of exploding right now together. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just one of the things, again, going back to what I was saying earlier about you know, how are you differentiated, and I, I hate to say it, but I've seen some companies be, be differentiated because, you know, they're clean <laughs> and, they're, and they're doing things well. But again, going to your point on, you know, MarTech meets um, AdTech meets content meets video, all yes. that other stuff, you know, it's, it, again, it's, it's now you're delivering the right content and the right advertising message, whether that be in a traditional ad unit or some other sort of, you know, hybrid um, integration or anything else. But bringing those data layers in, you, you're, you're now starting to actually bring all the pieces together that allow us to do the promise of what we've been talking forever from targeting standpoint from, you know, it's, it's funny. One of the trends that I'm starting to see pick up again that, I'm actually helpful, it'll be real this time around, is the, the actual engagement and um, e-commerce component of video. You know, it's, it's funny, the fact of the matter is what we still refer to the future. We talk about being able to buy Jen Aniston's sweater on Friends is the future. We're talking about a show that's been off the air for well over a decade, and we're now start talking about that as a future trend. But I'm now starting to see the pieces come together where that becomes a reality. And I think Amazon is going to be very much the sleeping giant with that one. You know, they have the, they have all yeah. the infrastructure now from a backend fulfillment standpoint and everything else. And they're making some of the best programming out there. So that is one of the things I'm very excited about. Although it's probably going to cost me a lot of money within the Michigan <laughs> home, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> well, I, um, I, I got a note from them. Um, I guess because I'm on some sort of mailing list about opening up my own marketplace, you know, as a local seller. Um, and obviously as a consultant, I don't actually have anything to sell, but I think it's interesting <laughs> that they are, you know, where their database is coming from and how they're going down the funnel to, to local companies to, to really win the local markets too, since local is the new black, right? Um, well, you know, yeah, local, local that, is another thing that, again, still... It's the new black, but still incredibly overlooked. And, right, right. I totally, um, totally agree. And it kind of, and everyone I know, at least in their communities, and is reinvesting in their neighborhoods. You know, and you have that that um, community website. I think it's called Nextdoor, um, which is all of a sudden, you know, everyone I know is using it. And I was like, that's not, that sounds so like. Um, remember, AOL had um, pat the patch patch. Um, and now next door is back and people are posting things to sell and services and yep. people are looking out for each other. So you see all these cultural trends laying on top of, of your tech trends. Um, and uh, I would love to hear, we have to take another break in a minute, but when we come back, I would love to hear, I don't know if you're allowed to just maybe to mention some of the companies that you're working with that you think are really cool or that you did work with that you think are really cool um, and where you see things things going in the next six months with, with as much as you're allowed to tell us or that I can accidentally trick you into telling us. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see who, who is safe and who I will talk about. I won't, I won't talk about it in general terms of who I'm working with, but just some of the companies that are, um, they've kind of caught my eye as late. All right. That's great. So we're going to be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show, tricking Danny Fishman into giving us more insights on the latest trends and hot companies in the digital media space. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. 
The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back in our last segment talking with Danny Fishman of Chameleon Collective, who is an advisor in the digital media space, helping companies grow and evolve and meet with the right people and help them operationally. And I ran into Danny at the NAB show um, where we were um, interviewing a lot of folks. And so, Danny, where are you going to be next? Like, what's the hot show to go to? And where do you make sure you put yourself? Because you do need to kind of keep up with everything. Yeah, it, it's funny. I mean, I, well, first of all, I'm, I'm making my maiden voyage to Cannes, um, but I hate to say it, that's probably a little more of a boondoggle. Um, than yes. I, <laughs> I can't judge it yet because yet, um, I haven't been yet. Uh, you know, it's, I, it's funny I always want to go to Cannes, but I want someone else to pay, pay me to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm still working on that with some clients, so hope, hopefully they're not listening to, on that one right now. <laughs> but you know, it, you know, in all seriousness, it is it, what I like about the big conferences like Can, like CES, and everything else is you get so many incredible people together at one time. It gives you the opportunity to, you know. They're not, obviously, you have to kind of near, or navigate yourself and drill down yourself into like something like CES, which can be crazy overwhelming. You need to be able to navigate it and you know, figure out just what sector or section that you want to sort of you know, explore or play in with that. But at the same time, you also have all of these incredible people together and just through happenstance, you end up having some of the most mind-blowing educational conversations with people tending just some random panels on subject matter that you're not familiar with and, you know, learning new areas, new trends, and everything else. Um, you know, there's it, – it really, when I look at conferences, it's really – you know, I look at those as more of the generalist conference, and then, you know, it's figuring out where you want to be separately from the standpoint of specific segments. So a lot of the stuff that I end up doing is a little more client-specific, um, depending and can on... You, can you needs. mention some of those clients, or at least what they rhyme with? Um, well, we talk about... I won't just talk about clients, I'll just talk about some really good companies that um, you're seeing sort of around your question of trends and everything else. Yeah. Um, yes. One company, it's funny, it's a company called Sweetie High, S-W-E-E-T-Y, High, H-Y-G-H. They are an amazing company. They're an L.A.-based company that has really engaged with one of the most overlooked demographics, which is Generation Z, and specifically Generation Z girls. So roughly an age range from about 12 to 19 um, but it's why, why I bring them up, what's interesting about them is, you know, that's a company that you look at a lot of these other companies out there, you know, some really good companies, the likes of Refinery29 and others like that. 
everybody seems to be focused on millennials. And if you really look at the data and numbers, the fact of the matter is the teen audience and the Generation Z audience is some, one of the most powerful consumer groups out there, both from direct spending power as well as influence on households. And what I like about these guys is they took a non-traditional approach to the marketplace. A few years ago when, you know, when YouTube was handing out the money to try and get everybody addicted to their platform, Sweetie High chose to take a route of, no, no, thank you, we're going to go it alone and realizing that you can reach these girls. They're not on one single site, on one single platform. The fact of the matter is, they, you have to find them on every social platform. So they have an incredible presence on platforms like Instagram and Facebook and everything else, but also making sure that they're you know, connected with new platforms like Musical.ly. So you know, the reason I sort of go deep into those guys is, again, they, you have this demographic that is so important yet so overlooked and you, you see a company that they might, might not have true innovation from a technology or platform standpoint, but they've sure as hell innovated when it comes to reaching that audience and understanding where those girls are and how to reach them. So it's just, it's, and the reason I sort of say that is when you're talking about some of the other companies, think seem, things seem a little more obvious when you talk about like an AI platform. Sometimes it's really about how you relate and find a specific audience versus just about you know having the most sophisticated technology encoders. Oh wow. I like I like that point because it's a nice summary of a lot of what we've been talking about. What, what about who do you read or listen to? I mean, I don't know if you're a podcast guy. Um, obviously, I'm sure you listen to the Tech Cat Show. But um, what what influencers <laughs> are, are you following to to keep up with everything? Um, well, first of all, I could thank I can thank my old friend Jason Hirschhorn for doing an incredible amount of curation and aggregation. So I, the, one of the first things I open on a daily basis is his media redefined email um, because that does, I, I subscribe to all of them. I, I, for some reason, I'm even subscribing to his fashion one. Still trying to figure that out, but um, to his sports one, who to his media and tech one and, and, he does an amazing job of just overall aggregation of the most important stories in digital media, as well as sort of crossing um, more broadly into just the you know, general world. Um, you know, my, I'm going to give a little plug to my partner, Lou Kerner, because he, as far as I'm concerned, is a genius when it comes to innovation, both from an understanding trend standpoint, as well as actually articulating where those trends are going and, understanding, you know, that he's, you know, that he's super smart, but more that he understands where to look and what types of companies brand. So he, if you go on Medium and you search Lou Kerner, L-O-U-C, I think I know how to spell his name, L-O-U-K-E-R-N-E-R. He, I recommend anybody following Lou on Medium. I'm actually starting to do more guest writing in that regard. And to be honest with you, I have done a very poor job over the last couple of years of prioritizing um, writing on trends and blogging aside from on Facebook, talking about air, airline armrest battles. So um, <laughs> there's been more to come from me on that front. And, and just as the Chameleon, uh, Chameleon Collective Partnership in general we're going to be doing within um, our property and more broadly, a lot of um, thought leadership pieces across the board, just from some of the amazing partners I have. Yeah. I mean, again, you're sitting at the center of this storm right now. And so your perspective is, is so unique um, because so often people um, only are occupying sort of one area of, of this crazy madness. And so you're sort of sitting at the, at the center of the swirl um, and, and where are you speaking anywhere soon? Is there anywhere we can follow you and listen to you? Um, there is nothing. There's some stuff that's not confirmed yet, so there's nothing confirmed, but I can give you the basic Chameleon Collective website right now, which is just www.chameleoncollective.com. And I'm working on getting a new domain because that one is quite long. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, maybe cc.com. And I can be reached just danny at chameleoncollective.com. That's great. And uh, it's been great to talk to you, too, to to understand, you know, that scale is possible for innovation. And I know you mentioned Israel and the companies that are coming out of Israel. And with just a, a moment or two left, um, you know, what is the reason that Israel is such a, a tech powerhouse? Is it because of their sort of culture of security? And so, tech, you know, tech spun off from there? Or what, what is it that's making them such a hotbed? So there's a book called Startup Nation that I try and prescribe to anybody who's willing to listen to me on what to read. But Israel is fascinating. It's got a very unique set of circumstances. First and foremost, it being a startup nation itself, right? The company, the, the, company, the country uh, was, uh, was founded in uh, 1948 without any real natural resources. So you had a situation of you know, necessity is the mother of invention, you had a situation where they had to, um, you know, innovate in order to survive. And it's amazing. So, you know, we live in Los Angeles where there's, we have water problems. Israel mastered decolonization in the 60s. Uh, but you have the combination of it being a startup country, having the lack of resources, having a very unique military infrastructure where most militaries are hierarchical. In the Israeli military, you have a non-hierarchical military that actually allows lower-level soldiers to question senior leadership, both in the field of battle and in, in sort of the general infrastructure. You also have a mentality that, sad to say, we might not be here tomorrow, so a greater risk-taking mentality in that regard. And all of these things go together, and you know the pride, the the pride of the country at this point is you know not about the graduation of, of university, but more about you know my my child is doing this startup and everything else. But you can <laughs> find you know one of one of the most sophisticated okay. militaries out there. Everybody goes through that. It. Unites oh, everybody Dan- Danny, we have everybody. to um, wind down because oh. I started you on a Sorry. really great question. <laughs> you got me started <laughs> on Israel. I love Israel. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we have to jump. We have to jump now. But it's been so great talking to you. So again, it's it's Danny at chameleoncollective.com and go to Chameleon Collective to learn all the wonderful things that that they're doing and um, really having partners like Danny to help you navigate. Um, this disruptive marketplace, I think, is the answer at, at scale with all of his fabulous par- pa- partners. So thank you so much for, for talking to us today. No, thank you for so much for having me on the show. It's really an honor. And we will be back next week with hopefully another fabulous brain sharing with us insights around tech trends impacting your business. This is Lori H. Schwartz, your tech cat. Talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 